Good morning. My name is Father Quinn. My last name is Mann, M-A-N-N. Some people think uh, my first name is my last name, and they might make the mistake and think that I'm Irish. Well, Father Tom Long, now that's Irish. Uh, being uh, a man, M-A-N-N, I'm very German. And in fact, uh, my mother is an immigrant from Germany. She came to the United States in 1964. She met my father in Chicago, and they moved to Door County. How many of you have been to Door County, Wisconsin? Wow. 2.1 million people every summer. There's 21,000 people that live there year-round. I was one of them. I had two older brothers and two older sisters. I was the youngest of five. My hometown being Sturgeon Bay. Grew up on the west side of town. And I'm the only Catholic in my family besides my mother. God rest her soul. So I was the only one in my family raised as a Catholic. So that's a bit of anomaly. And this morning, I want to share a bit of my vocation story, my testimony to help you get to know who I am as I look forward to being able to get to know who you are as a church family here at St. Raphael's. My mother reverted into the Catholic faith in 1985. So that was around the time of Back to the Future. So now I'm dating myself. I have been ordained a priest for 17 years. So it is a bit of an anomaly uh, for someone in 17 years as a priest to be a parochial vicar with someone who has been ordained even longer. Don't tell Father Tom I said that. However, I have known Father Tom through the years and I have always been grateful for his mentorship, his leadership, his ability uh, to be able to listen and to pray and to be contemplative. In fact, it was uh, Father Tom who encouraged me uh, some time ago to start um, Catholic youth expeditions up in Door County, uh, which was two assignments ago now. And Father Tom generally, as such a good listener, uh, it works out pretty good between the both of us because I can keep talking. Um, and uh, Father Tom being an Irishman is, uh, is great. And he's not the first Father Tom that I actually had uh, spent time with, uh, but the first Father Tom that I was with actually uh, was Father Tom Butler. Father Tom Butler, he was a big, big priest. I mean, we're talking like 325 pounds big. And he was uh, a Baptist convert. He uh, converted from the Baptist faith. He was from Texas. And uh, Father Tom was the pastor uh, growing uh, where I was at um, St. Anthony's Parish in Hillsdale, Michigan, where I went to school. And Father Tom, sort of a comic book character, he had a little chihuahua next to him. And there was Big Father Tom with that little chihuahua, Max. And uh, he was the first Father Tom that I worked with. The second Father Tom that I was with was Father Tom Farrell. Has anyone ever met Father Tom Farrell? He was the pastor at St. Pius X Parish. 
uh, where I was early on in my priesthood. So Father Tom Long being the third Irish priest. Not only that, I've been finding some great, um, I don't call them coincidences, but I call them godsidences. Another uh, great godsidence for me providentially in being back here in Oshkosh, as I feel it's been full circle, is a relationship with Father Marty Carr. Has anyone ever met Father Marty Carr? Fantastic. The first time that I met Father Marty Carr was 2002. It was my first year in the seminary. I was back on Thanksgiving break, and I was staying with Father Don Zuliger. Has anyone ever met Father Don Zuliger? Raise your hands. Okay. Big Father Don Zuliger. And I was there at the rectory, and I said, Father Don, I don't know what to do. It's my first Thanksgiving break as a seminarian. What should I do? And as Father Don he would say, you should go to Father Marty Cars and help serve the poor. So I got in my car and went down there, met Father Carr, and I said, Father Carr, I'm Quinn, I'm going to be a priest. And he says, well, here, take this spoon for the corn and take this spoon for the potatoes and start serving. And that began a beautiful relationship. I was honored to be able to preach his funeral homily at Blessed Sacrament in 2007. He died on Father's Day. That's four Irish priests. I don't know what is going on. But to come full circle here to say Rayfield's back in Oshkosh, knowing that I had spent uh, many of my breaks during my time in seminary. But back to my mom. I'm sorry. This is sort of a pulpery. My mother came into the church through the writings of St. John Paul the Great. It was a book called Be Not Afraid. And she came into Corpus Christi, my home parish in Sturgeon Bay. And it was through the St. Anne's Altar Society. And so she, I say, stuck me into a Catholic grade school. I received my first communion. When I was in fifth grade, I was standing in line for recess. And the teacher at that time was a religious sister. So I'm like one of the last generations to have a religious sister. She was a Franciscan sister of Charity from Manitowoc. Her name was Sister Helen. She taught us the act of contrition, the memorari, the angel of God prayer, the good morning God prayer, and so much more. Well, there was a conflict between the fifth graders and the fourth graders about where to play football. The fourth graders, you see, had taken our spot on the football field. And so us fifth graders, as standing in line, were very perturbed, to say the least. And I said, guys, don't worry, we'll figure this out. Meanwhile, thinking to myself, figuring it out just meant kicking the fourth graders off of that spot. But Sister Helen noticed that, and she said, you're a leader, you should be a priest. (laughs) Thanks, sister. Can I go to recess now? (laughs) So that was the first time that the inclination or the invitation to priesthood uh, came into my mind and heart. I went to Sturgeon Bay High School um, as soon as, you know, uh, prom, Sadie Hawkins, football, basketball, track, working at the Sturgeon Bay Yacht Harbor. It was just sort of off the radar screen. But one thing that I did do was I lectured at Corpus Christi. And uh, Father Tony Birdsall was my pastor growing up there. Has anyone met Father Tony Birdsall? He's He's 92 years old now, but he raised chickens. That was his claim to fame. He would raise chickens, and he would win all the awards at the Door County Fair. He would win every chicken award there was. 
So all the uh, middle schoolers that brought their chickens, they were just dejected after Father Tony would win the chicken awards at the Door County Fair. But I served for him, and he was a great pastor. And it was at Corpus Christi there um, that I really found out how beautiful parish life is and what a family it is. And I've noticed that here just in my short amount of time. I just want to affirm you and encourage you in that. Just a sense of peace here at St. Raphael's, very welcoming. A real sense of community, a real sense of family. And that becomes very apparent uh, just through uh, a week of being here. So a beautiful gift, a beautiful church, beautiful grounds, and a great gift to have a parish community. After I graduated from high school, I ended up going to a small school in Michigan. It's called, yeah, way to go, cheer for that. It's called Hillsdale College. Now I'm going to do a little trivia quiz. What, Catholic, or what um, Green Bay football player went to Hillsdale College? Chester Marco. Huh? Ch- have, has anyone heard of Chester Marco? Okay, good. So he was the crazy kicker that ran in for the touchdown that one time. I think he caught his own kick and then ran it in. So that was his alma mater. Hillsdale College, I was going to go to Madison but I just sort of had a feeling that it wasn't the right place for me to go. So um, I signed up for everything there, but just did an about face and ended up at Hillsdale College. It's a small liberal arts school, about 1,500 students, showed up sight on scene in 1995. And it's predominantly, it was founded by Baptists, but it was sort of like an evangelical flair to it, non-denominational. And so during my time at Hillsdale, I majored in political economy, business marketing, So I thought those were actually two very good things to major in before you become a priest. Politics, because there's a lot of church politics, and then the second one is uh, business marketing. So you got to market, so you got to share the faith. So in God's providence, he sort of perhaps had me do that to prepare me for seminary. During the time, uh, end of my college time, I stayed on the lector schedule Um, And that was the only time I was going to church. And that's when Big Father Tom Butler said to me, you know, Quinn, being Catholic is more than coming to church just when you're on the lecture schedule. And he was right. And uh, that sort of planted a seed for me, but he was a very compassionate and merciful man. We hear in the gospel reading, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I would say in the end of my college days, my burden was very heavy. Struggling through many things in my life, trying to make sense out of what it was that God was calling me to do, who he's calling me to be. And towards the end of my time in college, I entered into a relationship, and it was a pretty serious relationship. Uh, we were thinking about spending um, our life together, and uh, I ended up working for the college in their development office. So that's another great prerequisite for priesthood, development work, raising money. I'm like, well, perfect, okay. So God knows what he's doing in our lives. And God also knows that he wants to give to us the lightness of grace. And the lightness of grace can not intrude our lives, but the lightness of grace at a time of a burden in our heart can just miraculously enter in. And for me at that time, it was sitting at my computer um, planning visits for the development office at Hillsdale College And I just sort of internally heard a voice, go to Mass. Now, this was a Wednesday. Father Tom Butler had a daily Mass. And I just got up and went to Mass. And as I was standing at Mass, 
I met this lady who was sitting next to me, daily communicant. Watch out for those daily communicants. And she had a purse, probably about as big as Father Tom. And just notice that purse. And at that time, I didn't know why I was there. We got done with Mass. And then she came to me and she said, I know who you are. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. That's always a bad start to things. And she said, I know you're Quinn and you did Young Life in British Columbia. Young Life is a non-denominational Protestant ministry. So at that time, I was pretty much on the way out of the church. I was like, it would be great to be Protestant. There's not as many rules. And this nagging question about priesthood, I wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. That sounds like a pretty good deal. And she said, I want you to help keep my son in the Catholic Church. And my response to her was, hey, listen, lady, I don't even know why I'm here. I'm like hanging on by a thread. And she said, well, that doesn't matter. Here, take this book. And she gave me a book. It was called The Lamb's Supper by Dr. Scott Hahn. Has anyone read The Lamb's Supper by Dr. Scott Hahn? Beautiful book. He goes through the whole Old Testament, the prefigurements of the Eucharist, and into the New Testament. And after reading that book from Nancy DeBacher, the priesthood made sense. At that time, I understood that the priest brings the Eucharist to God's people, and they receive Jesus. And so that small little invitation from Sister Helen back in fifth grade sort of came back with a vengeance. Mind you, I was in this relationship at that time, and it was the jubilee year of the church, 2000. They then tricked me. The local parish tricked me. They said, we need a chaperone for a tech retreat, Teens Encounter Christ. And unbeknownst to me, I wasn't going really as a chaperone. I was going as a 24-year-old teenager. And on that retreat, I met uh, a priest by the name of Father Matt Fidoa. Father Matt Fidoa was about four feet two inches. He was a very small priest, but he was power-packed with a very heavy spirituality, a very holy man. We actually met in Morris, Michigan. He's the first priest I talked to seriously about priesthood for a long time over beer and cheese curds which is very appropriate. He was the spiritual director at this particular retreat that I went to, and we were praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament in adoration, and I was kneeling there with my small group, and it was as if I felt a hand on my shoulder. I looked, and it wasn't Father Matt, even though he would be about right there. It wasn't any one of the participants. It was at that time during adoration that I felt the true presence of Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. At that point in time, my vocation to the priesthood uh, was on a roll. I quit my job. I told John Servini, my boss, I said, I'm giving my two-week notice. And he said, well, why is that? And I said, I'm going to become a priest. He had never heard that before. And I ended the relationship. I moved into the rectory with Father Tom Butler. My first experience as someone who was following God's will finally for the first time in his life was cutting out a coupon in the back of the St. Anthony Bulletins, a two-for-one Whopper deal. I would go to Burger King, buy two Whoppers. I would get one 
take the patty off of the other one, dice it up, put it on a plate, and sit next to little Max the Chihuahua and feed him in the rectory. I'm like, well, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm all in. Little Max died of a heart attack. God rest little Max's soul. Father Tom Butler ended up vesting me for priesthood. I ended up doing net ministries for one year, national evangelization teams, traveled around the country with a group of young adults doing ministry, worked at Camp Gray down in Baraboo, and then entered seminary 2002. Uh, the seminary sometimes is called the cemetery. Sometimes people get that mixed up, but there's not much difference. When you go to seminary, you learn to die to yourself. In 2006, I was ordained to the priesthood of Jesus Christ by the hands of um, Bishop Zubik. And my first assignment was St. Uh, um, actually, it was Cathedral Parish. And that was the first time that I got called into the bishop. That's another story. We won't go there. And then after that, I went to St. Pius. After my time at St. Pius, or actually towards the end of my time at St. Pius, I had four assignments. Another connection here to Oshkosh was as a chaplain at the UW Newman Center. I was associate vocation director working with Father Tom. And I was associate uh, pastor at St. Pius. And then I was running Catholic youth expeditions up in Bailey's Harbor. So during the course of the week, I'd be as far north as Bailey's Harbor, as far south as Oshkosh. And by the way, at that same time, a religious order was starting. I was sort of at my wit's ends. I felt very burdened, very heavy. And I knew that I couldn't keep doing that much. And so I had a conversation with the bishop at that time. And he said, I would like you to do Catholic youth expeditions full time. So from 2009 until uh, 2019, I was in Bailey's Harbor doing retreats for youth and young adults. And I loved it. I worked with 17-year-olds to 27-year-olds. And at that time, I also did spiritual direction for the IPF, uh, and I did spiritual direction for priests for six years. And I, I very much enjoyed it. And that burden that I carried during that time of transition was lightened by the grace of God through the bishop. And I was so grateful for that. After my time at CYE, I ended up going to the Siberia of the diocese, Aurora, Florence, and Niagara. Has anyone been up there? It's on the Menominee River. Beautiful area. Fantastic people. I was there for two years. And right now I'm a bit burdened. I'm grieving and mourning the loss of a parish family there. And I ask you to pray for me, because it's difficult to leave people that you've come to love. But simultaneously, I look forward to the opportunity to join this family and to be here and to serve you as a priest. And the thing that I love the most about the priesthood is the celebration of the holy sacrifice of the Mass. At Mass, we glorify God. At Mass, we bring our burdens to God. And all of us have our own unique burdens and sufferings, unbeknownst to even the people that are closest to us. As a priest, you get to enter into the lives of people and you get to hear their burdens and their sufferings. And Father Tom shared this so very well that when you look out into a family of parishioners, you take what it is that they're burdened with, what it is that you're burdened with, and you put it on the altar. And you offer that as a sacrifice to God 
And that suffering and that sacrifice that you have, that burden that you have, is given to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The spiritual word for this is immolation. Immolation. And this is the glorification of God and why the power of the Eucharist is so special. So I look forward to glorifying God with you and praising him. So I'd just like to end with how I usually begin my homilies, and that's with a call and a response. So I'll say, praise the Lord, and you say, now and forever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.